Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. In all of Scripture, the book of Romans has been stated by numerous scholars and theologians, uh, one of the most famous being Martin Luther, the great reformer, as the pinnacle or the peak of Scripture. And if that is the case, in those 16 chapters, if that is the peak or the pinnacle of all of Scripture, then Romans chapter 8 must be the absolute point of that peak. What Paul describes for Christians, what Paul describes for you and me in Romans chapter 8 is breathtaking. This morning I want to speak to you on the topic, freedom to live. Freedom to live. And I'm going to read for us the first five verses of Romans chapter 8. So if you want to follow along, uh, verses will be on the screen I believe, or also there right in front of you if you have a copy of God's Word with you. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 states these, these words. Pay close attention to them. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus, from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, keep your Bibles open. For us to understand those verses, you and I must also understand what took place right before those verses. So, flip back to chapter 7, and I'm going to walk us through a number of verses in chapter 7. I'm going to start in chapter 7, verse number 5. For while we were in the flesh, our sinful passions, they are, they are aroused by the law. They were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. So 
Paul's trying to describe for those Christians in Rome as he's writing this. He's saying, hey, while we were, while we were in the flesh, but before we knew Christ, here's what was happening in us. This was taking place, and the law was being used by our flesh to bring about fruits of death. Meaning this, there was a, a standard shown to us. We couldn't reach the standard, and so everything that we did fell short of that standard. That's in chapter 3. And everything that we did falling short of that standard brought about death in us. Skip down to verse number 10. The very commandment that promised life. The commandment is the law, so the very commandment that promised life that showed us that standard proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment. It wasn't the commandment, it wasn't the law, but sin. Seizing that opportunity through the commandment. Sin deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? My favorite Greek word, meganoitoi. By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. We read verse 15 for us again, and I want you to think about your actions, your attitudes, your words. Do you find yourself like Paul? Uh, earlier this week, I was uh, reading this and preparing, and I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to stand up and just tell folks, hey, I had a biblical week this week. And when, when somebody says that, probably, I know for me, Maybe not for you, but for me, when I think of biblical week, if I were to just say, hey, I had a biblical week, I would, somebody told me that, I'd say, hey, you had a great week. No, I had a Romans chapter 7, verse 15 week, and it was biblical. The things that I wanted to do, I wasn't doing. The things that I hated to do, that I didn't want to do, that's what I found myself doing. The words that I wanted to say, I wasn't saying. The words that I didn't want to say, I was saying those A lot. The attitudes that I wanted to have, I wasn't having. The attitudes that I didn't want to have, they were cramming my gray matter every single day. Paul says to those at Rome, and he says to you and me, for I do not understand my own actions. I do not do what I want but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I'm agreeing with the law. 
that the law is good. So now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know, I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability in and of myself is what he's saying. I have the ability, I don't have the ability in and of myself to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it but sin that dwells within me. So listen to these final few verses of chapter 7 to understand what he's saying in chapter 8. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, But I see my members, I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me a captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be To God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind. But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Father, as we spend the next few moments, would you speak? Father, would you speak to those that are in this room that do not know you as Savior and Lord? Would you speak to them in such a way, Father, that they would see their place before you? A holy, almighty, ruling God. Father, for those of us that do believe in You as our Lord and Savior, would You speak to us and show us our place? So that we might be drawn closer to You as Father, Jesus as Savior, and Lord. We ask it in your son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. What Romans 8 speaks of is life today. Not not life way out in the future that you and I keep thinking about, well, one of these days I'll change. One of these days, yep, I'm going to get ready. One of these days I understand that I'll do that when I'm 70, 80, 90, 147. I'm going to get ready for that. And it's not speaking of that, but it's not also it's not speaking of something back in the past that you can't go back to and change. 
It's not talking about yesterday. It's not talking about last week, last month, last decade. It is talking about life today. Life today for you, sir, you, ma'am, as a believer. Life today for you, those in the room that don't believe. He's speaking about life today. And the first fact or the first point for us out of Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 5 is this, that condemnation is the outcome for the life that you are living. Condemnation is the outcome of life that you, sir, student, ma'am, that you're living. Condemnation is the outcome of that life. Brian, where do you get that? Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It does not state that there's no condemnation for life. It does not state that because you're in Christ, there's no longer condemnation. It didn't take place. It didn't happen. No, it took place. It happened. It just wasn't given to you. Your life, from the moment that you breathe your first breath to the moment that you and I will breathe our last breath, the outcome of it is condemnation. Because your life, and my life, and every one of our lives, missed the mark. We sinned. And we sinned because we chose to. We keep sinning because we choose to. But we also sinned even before, as Paul would state in Romans chapter 7. He didn't even know what it was going on, and yet there was sin. And the law showed him that it was sin. There is therefore now no condemnation. Condemnation is the outcome of life. What is he speaking of when he speaks of condemnation? Loved how one commentator stated, here's the definition of condemnation. Condemnation is a word the apostle employs only three times in his letter. He speaks of it here in chapter 8, verse 1, but he also speaks of it twice in chapter 5, verses 16 and 18. It denotes not merely a pronouncement of guilt, but it promotes an adjectation of punishment. Thus, it may be translated as a judicial pronouncement upon a guilty person. A condemnation, punishment, penalty. Meaning this, that that person is standing in front of the judge and the judge says, here is your sentence. Go to jail. Here is your sentence. You will die because of your action. You and I, live every single day understanding that condemnation is the outcome of life. And it started all the way back in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve took the fruit and ate, death entered creation. 
And from that moment forward, it is the outcome. You and I are condemned. This life, these bones, this flesh, it is coming to an end. Condemnation is the outcome. But look there in verse number 1. It says, there is therefore now. Now, at this moment, in this circumstance, in this situation that you find yourself in, Roman Christians, in this situation, in this moment in your life that you find yourself, Riverbend, believers in Christ, at this present time, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those three words in that verse. Condemnation, now, and the word in are huge. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in, who are taking part in, taking part of, who are combined with, who are a part of Jesus Christ. If you, if we are in Christ, there is no condemnation coming your way. Two groups of people spoken of those two groups already this morning. Those who believe in Christ and those who don't believe. Those who are saved and those who are not saved. You and I find ourselves, no matter the group, you and I find ourselves in the same spot outside of Christ. In stark contrast, waiting for condemnation. But those of us who are in Christ, there is now no condemnation. Why? It's not that he just, hey, yep, I like Brian better than I like him, or I like her better than I like her, so I'm not going to give them condemnation, but I'm going to give that other person condemnation. Condemnation, for those of us who are in Christ, wasn't just zapped and done away with. No, it was all laid on Christ. Paul wrote it this way to the folks in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says this in verse 21, For our sake He made Him, Christ, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Your condemnation that was coming your way, was laid on Christ. It's not that condemnation wasn't taken or or that it was just taken away and wasn't um, spilled out or given to anyone. No, it was taken on by Christ. And for those of us who are in Christ, there is no condemnation coming our way. Brian, that's great. That means I can live however I want to? No, not if you understand whose you are and who you are in. Because if you and I understand who we are in, it would drive us 
to live different. To understand and grasp and want that righteousness that He has given us. But a second fact this morning, not only do we see that condemnation is the outcome of life, a second fact is this, freedom has boundaries for one to prosper. Freedom has boundaries for one to prosper. Let me um, try to explain it with an illustration or two. Let's just say that uh, you know of somebody who has a great idea. And that great idea is this. I want to live. This is their idea. It's not my idea. It's their idea. I want to live in the ocean. It's not I want to live on an island in the middle of the ocean. It's not that I want to live at the beach by the ocean. I want to get in an airplane and I want them to fly me with nothing except the clothes on my back three hours out into the middle of the Pacific Ocean and I want to jump out of the airplane and that's where I'm going to live. I'm just going to say it's not going to go very well for that person. More than likely, it's not going to go very long for that person either. Or let's look at it a different way. Maybe you know a fish. That fish wants to live in the desert. Not in a lake in the desert, but that fish wants to live in a desert. So that fish says, hey, just take me to the desert and put me down in the sand because that's where I want to live. It's not going to go very long or well for that fish. Why? Because freedom has boundaries. As a believer in Christ, there are some boundaries in your freedom, in my freedom, that help us to prosper. That allow us to live long, prosperous lives. To fulfill the promise that Christ has given. Read with me these verses in Romans chapter 8. For the law of the Spirit, verse 2 states, the law of the Spirit of life has set you free. Set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. What has He done? By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. When you and I read that, you and I grasp those things. There's, there's something that's very easy for us to grasp. For those of us who have, have read Scripture before, for those of us who have been in church, maybe possibly growing up, it is easy for us to grasp that Jesus dying on the cross took away the guilt of our sin. Jesus paid the price for our sin. We've heard that if you've grown up in church. You And I read that if we read passages like this. It is easy on a certain level to understand that Jesus takes away the guilt of our sin. 
But there is something else that you and I must understand about Jesus. Not only did He take away the guilt of our sin, He took away the power of sin over us. So therefore, when Tuesday afternoon comes around and temptation comes up against you and you want to speak out against the coworker, you want to speak down against the boss, when you drive into the driveway and you want to just go off on the spouse, or when you walk into the house and the kids are going absolutely berserk and you want to just yell, there is no power of sin over you, that you have to gossip, that you have to slander, that you have to belittle, that you have to yell and scream. The power has been taken away by Christ so that you and I might live freely. All because of what He's done. It gives you and me Freedom to actually inhale and exhale knowing that the Master is no longer sin. The Master is one who loves us, cares for us, one who has given His very life for us. So what do you do when Tuesday afternoon temptation rolls around? What do you do? He tells us, there in verse number 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. They're thinking about the flesh. They're thinking about the things of this world. They're thinking about all those items and their mind is focused on that. But, those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Two verses and I'll close. Or two passages, and I'll close. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It's a promise that you and I need to understand. We need to write it down. Tattoo it on our bicep. Don't forget it. His divine power has granted to us all things. Not some things. Not a couple of things. Not one thing. All things. What? That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. By which, all these things, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He's given you everything. He has given us everything to be like Him. He has given you everything so that you might excel in life. All things that pertain to life. All things that pertain to godliness. He's given it. Just set your mind on Him. And as you set your mind on Him, those things, those very great promises will bubble up and you and I will understand in that moment. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. If then, if then, Christian, if then, sir, ma'am, if then, student, you have been raised with Christ. 
Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Why? Because you have died. And your life, your freedom, the the essence of you breathing is now hidden with Christ in God. Freedom to live. Freedom to live in a world and a culture that is beating you down. Freedom to live, to breathe, is laid out for us in Christ. Your week is going to be filled with opportunities for you to set your mind on things above or set your mind on things of this earth. My week is going to be filled the same way. For those of us in Christ, He has stated to you and me, hey, there's no condemnation. Jesus paid for every past sin, every sin that you are committing, even if it's happening at this moment, and every future sin that you ever will commit, it is paid for. Condemnation was laid on Him. It will not be on you. But if you know Him, you and I will find ourselves wanting, desiring never to have any more condemnation laid on Him because of our sin, our action, our attitude, our words. If you don't know Him today, if you don't know Him today, please understand this. He died for you. He died and took on that condemnation of every sin that you ever have done, every sin that you ever will do. He died so that you might have life. And He wants you to know Him. He's seeking and saving the lost. He came for those who are sick and hurting. All of us. For those that do know Him. Live different this week. Speak different this week because you you have a different master. Treat your co-worker different this week because you have a different master. It's no longer sin and self. Walk into the house after a texting and a taxing and trying day. Walk into the house saying, you know what? I'm going to be light because that's who's in me. Maybe they need to go outside for a trampoline break. Give you ten minutes of just peace and quiet. But they also need a mom and a dad. And they need a sibling and friends who are going to come around them even in their mess and love them in the midst of life. Father, we're here. God, I'm so thankful that today as we took in remembrance those things that remind us of your body being broken and your blood being 
poured out for us. God, we're also reminded that freedom is there for us to live out on a daily basis. Freedom. Because of who we belong to. God, work in my life, in my heart, so that, so that my week won't be a Romans 7 week, but it'll be a Romans 8 week. Setting my mind on things that are above. Resting in You. God, work in our lives that we would understand all that You have done for us. God, may we give You praise and honor and glory because You are due all things. River Bend, we are about to stand and sing a time of response and maybe that response needs to happen right where you are in your seat and you just you don't even need to stand you don't even need to say a word you just need to spend some time with him responding back and saying okay lord show me some ways that i can set my mind on things that are above father show me some some ways that that you have given me all the things that pertain to life and godliness because that's what i want to be Maybe you need to come to the front and just spend some time at the altar. Come to the front and talk with me. If you don't know Jesus, I would love to introduce Him to you this morning. But Father, You work in our hearts in this moment to draw us close. In Christ's name, Amen. You respond back to Him this morning. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live simple.